0: Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. beloved our second reading this morning comes from the book of Luke reading in the first chapter listen for God's word to the church blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them he has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, to grant us we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadows of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those of us who live here in the United States don't typically experience royalty except when we hear news bulletins and interviews on the occasion of a fellow American who has married abroad. Some of these matrimonial celebrations have been held between our very own Jersey girl, Lisa Halabi, who became Queen Noor when she married King Hussein of Jordan, Grace Kelly, who married Prince Rainier of Monaco, and most recently, Meghan Markle, when she married Prince Harry of the United Kingdom. One other way that we in this country come close to having royalty is when the public and the executives of the billboard charts begin naming stars as queens and kings of their art. In the music world, those who excel in particular genres are named royals. For instance, The king of pop is Michael Jackson. There is however a toss up between two contenders for the title King of Rock and Roll. The first is Chuck Berry, and he is so named because he wrote and performed his own music. The second person who is a contender for this honorific role is a native son of Tupelo, Mississippi. This man was born on January 8, 1935, to Gladys and Vernon. The stillbirth of his twin brother meant that the singer would grow up as an only child. Elvis Aaron Presley and his parents moved to Memphis, Tennessee 13 years later. Memphis boasts a rich musical history and it is where young Elvis was influenced by a variety of sounds. The pop and country music of the time began shaping this talented musician. Elvis's artistry was greatly influenced by the gospel music that he heard in church and at the all-night gospel sings that he often attended. Black rhythm and blues added a defining edge to his sound and he was well on the way to top the charts. By 1956 Elvis became an international sensation as his eclectic roots of music challenged racial and social barriers at the time. He was talented as an actor as well and starred in 33 films. Now this handsome man with that wicked lip had a a hip-swinging style that was very naughty. (laughs) This dancing was thought to be vulgar and dangerous, and it earned him the nickname, Elvis the Pelvis. Unless I miss my guess, I'm quite certain that his wiggling around was enjoyed by many young women, Now, his wild moves aside, Elvis sang many songs that topped the charts, both in this country and around the world. One song that was enjoyed uh, by many and has had several remakes is Can't Help Falling in Love. I'm going to ask if you would join me in singing this song. Just the first verse. Wise men say, only fools. Thank sound marvelous. Thank you. We should go on tour. This would be great. <laughs> his popularity grew to such an extent that he became known by only his first name. The success of each of his songs secured the reign of this popular culture's and musician. And he was always on the playlists and radio stations around the world. He purchased Graceland, an eight bedroom mansion that sits on 13 acres of land, and it is a fitting place for a man to call home, if it's a little bit ostentatious with eight bathrooms, but Elvis soon thereafter became known as the king of rock and roll. Presley lived a lavish life until he died in his home in 1977. Historians who follow royal ascents to the thrones of many kingdoms have recorded the lives and lifestyles of several rulers. There are families of kings and queens in many countries around the world who live in luxury. The silk cloth, the ermine robes, the crowns that have been studded with jewels are noted as possessions of some of Europe's nobles. Through systems of taxation and acquiring the spoils of war from conquered lands, the ruling class has earned much of its wealth. Money and lands were part of one's inheritance to children born to such families, and they were assured a secure home and a substantial purse. There was in history one such child who would be born into a royal house. It just so happened that 700 years before his birth, a much loved man of God was preaching to his congregation. He spoke about what was written in the Mosaic law and about the goodness of God. This popular preacher always had a huge following When he went to give the king some advice, he always had an entourage with him. Everyone wanted to hear his comforting sermons. There was always hope in prophet Isaiah's message from God. Now one such message was that from the royal family there would rise a mighty ruler whose wisdom and counsel would ensure a peaceful kingdom. This sermon became a classic, and it was passed to each successive generation of high priests. The time came when the duties of the high priest were handed into Zechariah's care. The new high priest was faithful, rather quiet. He and his wife were a little older. They were on in their years, but they had not been blessed with children. The high priest went to the temple to burn incense and prepare for worship. Now while he was going about his duties, the angel Gabriel appeared next to the altar and told Zechariah that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a son and they were to name him John. Zechariah couldn't believe the news, but his unbelief was his downfall because God is always provident. This unbelief led to Zechariah being struck deaf and mute until the birth of his son. When the baby was born, Zechariah still couldn't speak The people came to visit and congratulate the elderly couple and they waited to find out the baby's name. It was not until eight days later, when the baby was going to be circumcised, that people asked Elizabeth with what name they would bless the child. Oh, we're going to name our son John. She was so proud when she told her friends and relatives who had gathered for the bris or the circumcision The name was a good one, after all. John means God has been gracious. Now, there was a muttering that went through the gathered crowd. As far as they knew, nobody in Zechariah's family were named John. It finally occurred to someone to grab a tablet so that the high priest might write the baby's name down. When they took it back from him, the people saw that he had written the following as his answer to their question. His name is John. The minute someone read the message out loud for everyone to hear, Zachariah's tongue was set free and he began praising God in the form of a beautiful song. The prayerful singing was also the pronouncement of the blessing that the Lord had bestowed on the newborn baby. Zechariah's song is known as the Benedictus, the blessing, and it speaks about the important role that John would play in his life. John is the one who connects God's promises to the people Israel with the saving work of Jesus Christ brought together. Amen. Jesus would be born six months after his cousin, John, and he was pronounced to be the horn of salvation about whom the prophet Ezekiel spoke. Jesus would redeem his people. He would usher in a reign of peace and justice in which the people of the Lord could worship and serve God in peace. John is the prophet whom Isaiah spoke about as the one crying out in the wilderness, calling the people to repent. The Baptist would entreat the crowds who came out to be baptized to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his path straight. This wild man who ate locusts and wild honey would go before the Lord turning hearts from breaking the rules to wisdom and justice. John the Baptist would be pointing the way to Jesus. In this way, he would be giving them the knowledge of salvation. God would work the prime example of Jesus' ministry on earth, working through it so that he would lead his people into the way of peace. The Benedictus that Zachariah sung was a song whose lyrics had been known before the creation of the world. Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Malachi spoke about the one who was to come into the world. You remember Isaiah said, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the very image of God Almighty, a God who cares so deeply that he would leave his throne to be born in poverty. The Prince of Peace is not born into a palace, and swathed in feasts and silk. He was bundled up and laid in a manger from which animals fed. The wonderful counselor was not sent to private school to learn how to read scripture, but rather learned carpentry from Joseph and played with the other children in the neighborhood. Our mighty God and everlasting Father healed people of their illnesses. You remember the woman who was bent over almost in two and the ten leopards that Jesus cured. They were direct recipients of his healing touch. He fought for justice when he stood next to the woman who had been caught in adultery. He challenged her accusers to examine themselves. And if they found that they were free of sin, they could be the ones to cast the first stone. She was saved by Jesus' intervention, and he admonished her to go and sin no more. Jesus also taught us that we are to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Jesus is the Christ. Now you may be wondering why I refer to Jesus in that way, and this is because Christ is not his last name. It is a title, and Christ or Christos in Greek means the anointed one. It is a translation from the Hebrew word, Moshiach, or Messiah. It's appropriate to call Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Messiah, because when a king is chosen in Israel, it would be the high priest's job to anoint their head with olive oil. Jesus is the one who is chosen by God to come and save the world. Through his self-sacrifice on the cross and his salvific work amongst us, Christ reconciled us to God. The Messiah, or the Anointed One, is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He rules over all creation. How, then, do we as a church begin to share in the hit songs of Christ the King? We're invited to behave in such a manner that it would be in harmony with Jesus' love and kindness by feeding those who are hungry, by sheltering those experiencing homelessness, and showing our commitment to God. Beloved, if we claim that we are disciples of Jesus, then we should endeavor to follow closely the teaching of our King. May the Holy Spirit move through our hearts and minds as we look forward to reaching out in love through the church as we work here in Morristown at the Table of Hope and the Market Street Mission. We are also called to reach out to others through our ministry in the Foundation of Peace and Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. One more thing I'd like to share with you, beloved, is that this Advent, when we join in singing the Alleluia chorus of Handel's Messiah, may it remind us of our call to serve Christ the King. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.